morning and welcome to another episode of the Disruptive Voices of the Pacific podcast. This morning I am coming to you from the University of the South Pacific with my good friend Tanya Wakanika. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning, Letitia, and welcome back to Fiji. Welcome back home. Yes. It is always great to be back home. Uh, Tanya is another amazing woman in this nation. So many great people here doing great work. And uh, we met over 30 years ago um, at Andy Thackenbauer School, played hockey together and um, have just kept in touch over the years. But now just tell us a little bit more. I mean, most people know who you are, but just give us a bit of a background of who you are for those who don't. Okay. Uh, well, you've heard what uh, Tish said. I, I'm an ACSL girl. Just like Tish, we've, we've been friends all those years. Uh, she was two years behind me. Uh, and we had something in common. We are both hockey players. Then, not now. <laughs> uh, now I'm married. I've got four kids. My oldest is 28. And my is a, is a boy. And another boy is um, 23. And my daughters are 20 and 19. And uh, my husband works for the University of South Pacific. I, ha- I have my own law firm. I have my own law firm, and um, yeah, ninety percent of my cases are family law. I love doing family law. You do. Why? Why do you love family law? You know, it it, it uh, gives me the opportunity to uh, family law. I mean, you have other you have other areas of law, but somehow family law is is just what I'm attracted to because I deal with people. And given um, you know, given my political background, you you know you you have you have to deal with people, and um, yeah, and that's I'm, I've sort of I just have a an incli- inclination towards um, uh, family law area. It's so important because, as we know, there's um, some big real issues here among families, and uh, a lot of what I discuss on this podcast is issues around. Uh, domestic abuse, violence, um, and so you're right in the thick of it, probably at the at the bottom of the cliff, trying to help salvage families and um, marriages and whatever. But today we want a conversation, particularly um, for women who are thinking, "Man, I'm in an abusive relationship and I need to leave." Um, when you're in that space, it can be very overwhelming. You don't know what steps to take, where to go, what to do. So from your point of view, from a legal point of view, if a woman is kind of half thinking about it, what would you advise her to do if, if she came to you? Okay. Um, just from experience dealing with clients who, you know, who've, who've come out of abusive relationships, the first thing we do is, uh, first thing I do is tell them is, if you feel that your life is threatened, you need to move out. Or you need to take out a DVRO and keep him out of the house uh, because the safety is paramount. And especially if there's children involved, you know, I mean, we just tell them, just, just move, move somewhere safe, but more importantly, report the matter to the police because sometimes they get threatened by their husbands and, uh, you know, this, and these perpetrators, you know, not all men, but these abusive ones, they work behind... Um, um, intimidation, threats, and they do it behind closed doors. Now, when they're exposed and they're brought into a courtroom and when they're charged, it's a different ballgame. And when they realize there's a possibility of me going into jail, there's a possibility of me losing my job, and people now know who, you know, what I've done behind closed doors, the shame comes through. And, and, you know, in a place like Fiji, 
yeah, it's a very small community. People know people. And, uh, you know, word gets out that so-and-so he does this to the wife. And, you know, you, 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 it depends on, like for me, I just, I tell my kids, stay away from people like that. You don't want them around you. So the first thing I tell my clients, you know, just, just, just move out or move somewhere where you feel safe. And then we, we, we then take the legal process. Is the legal process, is it a long process or is it fairly doable? Uh, it's fairly doable because we have what you call a domestic violence restraining order. So you can file, you can file, in, you can file today and get it immediately and interim. And then uh, depending on the severity, I find that some, you know, in most cases, depending on the severity of the, uh, of the, of the case, they can either, they'll either call the case quickly and uh, deal with it. And we've, we've seen some in, in, you know, we've seen some real major ones in Fiji where, you know, we hear somebody being stabbed, or, which is the end. Um, yeah, it, you know, uh, it, it does it does go through the process quickly. Now I'm 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 glad that the um, you know Nasiunu Court is one of the biggest the municipalities. It is the biggest municipality in Fiji. So now they've got three courts um, operation and they've got three magistrates. So we hope to churn out more cases, huh? And not not churn out, but deal with it more efficiently. Uh, because a lot of family cases are dealt with in that court, also civil court. But, um, yeah, I mean, my experience, I've never had any problem. I can't speak for the other law firms. Well, you've got a good firm, don't you? Um, (laughs) How often, I think sometimes women are afraid that if they come forward, they go to court, that they might lose. Um, Because, again, we know these perpetrators, they're really good at twisting words, making up stories. But how many cases do you see where there's actually justice brought? See... If there has been actual physical abuse or th- uh, verbal abuse, we, we tell the clients, go straight to the police and just register. You know, you, you lodge your complaint and let the criminal charges run. And if there's physical abuse, you know, obviously the police, and then we also advise them, get a medical report. So it's going to be very hard. Whenever a medical report, um, I can't see the... A defense that the other party will use because you've got a medical report. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to go with it. Keeping, um, like, I know one woman in her case, she's currently in a court case, she took a lot of photos of her um, injuries and uh, evidence like that, sent it to friends. Is that a helpful thing just to be tracking, keeping a record? It is. You know, I, I tell my clients if you know that you've that he's, you've, you've been abused, take pictures, don't save it on your phone, put it up on your Viber, send it to somebody, send it to us, and then we can use that. But uh, don't just keep it stored in your, in your phone because, you know, if he gets a hold of it, he can always uh, delete it. So always have backups. What other evidence can they be? Um, what, what other things are useful if they're, you know, thinking of getting to court that they can be collecting now? Uh, I, well, there's, there's, you know, if you have adult children and they witness the abuse, and the children, you know, most, most, uh, like the cases that I've dealt with, the children come forward and said, we will testify f- uh, for the f- on behalf of our mother. And I said, you know, that's good, that's good, and that's very powerful 
when your own children, especially when they're adults, testify against their father. Because, this is, uh, you know, f- for the father, <laughs> what else can he say in court? Eh? Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. Um, you said before that, um, you know, you're not... Sometimes we hear, and I hear it a lot too from women, oh, I'm just going to stay in the marriage for the children. What's your opinion on that statement? No, no, I'm totally against that. Don't stay in the marriage for the children. Because if anything, it gets worse for the children. They're seeing everything. They're seeing the arguments. They're seeing the fights. They see the exchange of words. It's like you're actually traumatizing the child. Move out. Move out. And where, I mean, where do you move to, though, in Fiji? <laughs> That's um, another issue, isn't it? Do you know of any places where they can get to straight away? Or I, I'm aware of some, uh, some organizations, some church groups that have... Uh, shelters for women so you know they can there's that's a place that they can that they can reach out to and they work with the social welfare so the social you know so for for a lady that's not financially strong or doesn't have a family support um go to the social welfare and then they will connect you to these homes and that's why i believe for us women especially when we have daughters eh, we need to financially empower them you need to, you know, make sure your child gets a good education uh, and financially empower them so they can always, they're not, uh, you know, they're not tied down. Yeah, no, that's uh, vital, isn't it? Um, how important is justice in order for a perpetrator to change? You know, you talked about when they're in the courtroom, um, you'll, you'll see a change in their demeanour because they've been exposed. Uh, would they change without justice, do you think? Would they change without justice? I've, I've never come across an actual case, you know, personally for me where I see a guy changing, the perpetrator. Because, we, like I said, we don't know what happens behind closed doors, number one. Number two, I always tell people, that person has to go through a spiritual uh, intervention to do a 180-degree change. You know, a leopard doesn't change their, their sports overnight. And, you know, some cases, you know, by the time they change, it's too late. The divorce has come through or somebody's dead. Or they've lost their jobs. I mean, what we're really trying to encourage, I think, again, God bless women, but we we kind of live in hope thinking he might change if I just stay with him or if I pray a little bit more. Um, but my experience has been that perpetrators don't change unless they're caught. Uh, probably the fear of going to prison is the biggest motivating factor for them. Absolutely. And also the sense, uh, the fear of losing everything that they can control. Because abusers, is, it's all about control. When you go to prison, you are controlled by the systems within prison. You have no control. And the reality of you, especially, and I find with professional men, working men, that when they're caught out, uh, the reality of them losing their financial uh, f- independence is, is a reality then they lose their house because you lose your job, you lose your house, you lose your car, you know. So they, they have to, they, they then realise like this is, this is real. Uh, my wife has now taken me to the police and this is now in court and I now have to pay for a lawyer. Yeah, so the, the, the financial um, 
component and hits them, then I guess then that's when the reality hits in. Like, I got to it's either a change or we separate or... I heard a lovely woman, because I get to hear everyone's stories. Um, <laughs> she said, I'm just going to focus on changing myself. She's in an abusive relationship. I'm just going to focus on changing myself. Does that work? And how did she change herself? The, I, I don't understand. The only, uh, change in what way? Cook, his, cook all his meals or, or, or make sure that she smiles at him more? The change is not the woman. The change is the abuser, you know. And I think, I mean, I said to her, no matter what you've done, you never deserve, no one ever deserves to be abused. Um, but sometimes it's this mentality, hey, if I am just pray a bit more, a bit more spiritual, I'll change things. In Australia, we've had a bit of an overhaul. We have huge DV issues too. And um, there's been quite an overhaul the last couple of years over different laws just to really tighten them down. Is something like that happening in Fiji? I'm not sure because, uh, but I, you know, if there's going to be a review of the laws, it will be done. It will be done. But at this stage, I'm not uh, aware of it. Are you happy with the current laws the way they are? With the domestic violence, I believe there can be improvements. Always room for improvement. Well, thank you for your time. You're a busy woman and uh, I've gate-crashed your house today. Um, any, any, yeah, any final words for um, women who are currently in abusive relationships? Seek legal advice. Go to a lawyer. Go to a lawyer because... Um, and go to a good family lawyer. You, you know, you're dealing with your life. You're dealing with the, with your family. And no woman deserves to be uh, abused. And also men as well. You also have men, because I've also uh, had clients, you know, male clients who've also been abused. Yeah. yeah. What type of abuse happens to men? Oh, my uh, emotional, emotional abuse. And they can take them to court for that. Uh, not, I don't, uh, well, what I do is I tell my, I tell my male clients, just do a DVRO, but for the men, they are expected to suck it in. Like, you know, you're a guy, you, what, what, what abuse are you talking about? You're supposed to suck it in. But I find that they're, they're also very vulnerable because they're not like women. We talk about it, everybody knows, the whole neighborhood knows, the whole clan knows, but for the men... They don't. They, they, you know, they can't go. They can't go and tell people. You know what? My wife's doing this to me. So I find that they become. Um, they, they also there's a likelihood of them being suicidal, depressed first, because they, you know, they want to save the marriage, but the wife is doing this. Yeah. The suicide is huge. What did I hear? That one every three days someone suicides in Fiji, and it's mostly men. Because, yeah, they do hold it all in. Well, thank you for your time and your insight. If you're looking for a good lawyer, Tanya Wakanika is your lady. This is not an advertisement for her, but um, I do recommend her. So thank you, Tanya. I see your suffering. I see the pain beneath that smile Come out from hiding 
Let the islands hear reason. Let 